2: Welcome to No Nonsense, the Tennessee Titans podcast, your place to go for on-demand Titans coverage that is 100% free of the nonsense that we always see in sports talk these days. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of No Nonsense, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We are here to discuss a very significant development. We told you last week that what we're going to be talking about today is free agents that we think the Titans should go after. We will get to that in due time. But first, literally minutes ago, about 10 or 15 of them, the Titans traded Isaiah Wilson to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a swap of seventh round picks. The Titans will be sending their 2022 seventh rounder to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins will be sending their 2021 seventh
1: rounder to the Titans. Thoughts? Very exciting time. Very exciting time. I am just so happy that he's off the team. I don't care that they couldn't get well, they technically got something for him. But I just I, I don't I don't care what they got. I'm I wanted them to cut him, but the fact that they got him off their books and got him off the team, that's a win for me.
0: Yeah. I, I mean ninety-nine percent of Twitter is, you know, happy like of the Titans fan base is happy about this move and thinks it's a good idea that John Robinson got rid of him and not only got rid of him, basically traded a future seventh round pick for a seventh round pick and nine million dollars because that's what was left on his cap that was guaranteed. Uh yeah, I mean it's great. Like I I, I don't understand how you can other than saying, I wish we could go back a year and not make this pick, I don't know how you can say you're not happy with this result, knowing that there was no chance that the the Titans were keeping him around. He was just too toxic to the locker room. You know, you listen to the Some of the Boys podcast, and uh, LeWan had Isaiah Wilson on before the start of the season, and then at the end of the season, he's talking to Dennis Kelly about, you know, basically saying like, you know, you you know, you nailed it. Like it's a good thing that that's the guy they drafted because he couldn't replace you, and now you've got a long term starting job. Like it, I don't know. Like it doesn't seem like the locker room was with him. It almost feels like he was never a part of the team in any facet because how much he, time he had to spend away with the COVID protocols. So I I don't I don't know who's upset about this move, but it's not me.
2: I, I think anyone who is upset about this move is it's just not paid attention to anything because Panda not only was not good at football in training camp, you know, he played one snap and, and, and on that PAT and got bowled over when he actually got to play in a game, but he, he was a public nuisance to the city of Nashville. I mean, I don't really like people living in my city who drive drunk. Uh, I don't really like people living in my city who do donuts at busy intersections and crash into concrete walls. Um, And it obviously goes beyond that with, with Isaiah Wilson. He's wrecked multiple cars. He has been totally reckless with his behavior. He had to post that bizarre disclaimer to his Instagram profile where he said something like, this account is strictly for entertainment purposes and I'm not involved in the sale or purchasing of drugs or something along those lines. Look, it was a disaster. Uh good on the Titans for moving on. I I don't think I don't think they deserve a whole lot of praise for this. Look, a 7th round draft pick is either a practice squad player or like a fourth string, you know, defensive back. Titans made a bad draft pick. They deserve credit for for eating it and moving on and not letting Isaiah Wilson be any more of a nuisance to this city, but more importantly for their purposes, to the organization. But look, this was a mistake for John Robinson. And we should not sit around and give him a pat on the back because he got a seventh-round draft pick out of the guy. Like, Okay, you know, sure, it's a good move, but he shouldn't have drafted him in the first place. Like this is Titans fans should be happy that Wilson is gone. But Titans, I'm sure I'm sure Mike Vrabel is elated that he never has to hear about this guy again. Uh but this is also not a time for Titans fans to about, hey, it all worked out in the end. No, it didn't. You wasted a first round draft pick on a talentless nuisance. So that's what you're left with if you're the Titans and if you're a Titans fan.
1: I half agree. Yes, like you're right. He essentially burned a first strong pick with a player that a lot of us just didn't want. And we didn't think he was worthy of that anyway. Um, so that part sucks. But I do think we have to commend him a little bit for realizing that like this is a disaster and for actually getting his contract off the books, because a first-round contract is actually is relatively large um, uh, when you when you consider everything. So I do think we should give him some credit for that. But I also agree that his process probably wasn't great from the beginning with this pick. Uh, but I also do think it has to be said that a lot of this was kind of out of his control. Like, no one saw these character concerns coming. So, I don't know. There's a lot of... Uh, I'm on both sides. I'm sitting on the fence because they're... You know, it, it's just... Yeah. They, it, But I'm just glad he's gone. I don't care. I, I just... I'm gone. He's gone.
0: Yeah. And there's there's a lot of things to unpack here. So, first of all, they're off the hook for the cap, or the, the contract that he was owed, which is... Basically, the whole reason why the trade was done is the Dolphins were afraid that he would get picked up by somebody else, which is wild, uh, because Tony Pauline basically said on his uh, I guess it, it's not really a podcast. It was more like a video periscope. Thing. I, I don't know what to call it, but uh, for pro football network, he said that, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't be suppressed. Now, this is not an exact quote. This is a summary. It's something to the effect of. People around the league don't know how many chances that Isaiah Wilson will get after it happened so badly this year. After everything went down this year so poorly, so just getting out of the contract is a good thing. Getting a seventh round pick, which it'll be that'll be the fourth pick in the seventh round, the one they got from Atlanta because they traded the other one. So that's you know it's not obviously not like anything special, but you get to pick high, so that's another good thing. It also kind of ties up the 2020 series of mistakes, which was Vic Beasley, Javion Clowney, and Isaiah Wilson, like the big trio of things that we look back on and say, "Well, those are the bad parts," and you know we ignore that Christian Fulton was fine when he was. I I don't want to. I don't want to go into that whole draft class or anything. That's for another time. But the point is. This kind of puts a bow on those three big headliners that people talk about. Yes, it was a bad off season. Yes, I'm sure everybody in the organization wishes that they could go back and do it differently. But the good news is there's no long term implications. There's no financial obligation in any of those guys. There's no draft picks given up in the future. In fact, you get, you I guess you swap draft picks or whatever. But again, it's so important to me to look at this and say okay it's not a general manager lying to us saying that you know this is a guy who's going to improve we should all get behind him it's not a position coach saying oh you know in the spring saying oh you know he looks a lot better than he did last time this time last year he's going to be great this year it's it's none of that it's we know that this guy was a problem on and off the field we know that he he is not the guy that we thought we were getting in fact Robinson outright said, this is not the guy we scouted. And despite all that, they were still able to get away from him and have, uh, I mean, relatively quickly and have no long term implications. So like I said, i it's, it's a lot to go over right now. But to me, if the negative move of drafting him is already made, this mm-hmm. is probably the best outcome you could have imagined. Do you think
2: it was a good choice for the Dolphins to do this? Because on the one hand, they gave up practically nothing. I mean, like I said a minute ago, a seventh-round draft pick is is really nothing. But they're taking someone on their hands that could potentially be the same nuisance to the city of Miami that he was to the city of Nashville. And, Matias, as we were talking before we hit record, you mentioned the idea of you know, maybe a a bad PR thing, situation coming from this. What do y'all think? I tend to think, you know, if you're Miami, like if you're the Titans, you you know he's a failure with you. And while I I do believe that there is not hope for a, you know, revival here, I, I tweeted a week or so ago and just retweeted it, put it back on the timeline that, He's just going to take your money and drive away in whatever car he hasn't wrecked yet, like he did with the Titans, and, and sort of flip you the bird. But at the same time, like, you know, he was a first-round talent, or, or if nothing else, a high second-round talent. You know, why not kind of uh, kick the tires on him? That's kind of my thinking. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I mentioned it being a potential, you know, PR nightmare if he gets into some bad stuff, but now that I'm thinking about it, it's Miami really bad stuff happens all the time. Very sketchy stuff. It just gets swept under the rug and there are so many things happening in the city that whatever he does badly is probably not even going to, you know, come, 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 come out in the air. So uh, from that perspective, I think they'll be fine. I just me personally. I don't think he's ever going to play for the dolphins to be honest. And in addition to that, even if he does I don't think he's talented at all. We've talked about it so many times, so I don't know. I I kind of understand it from the Dolphins' perspective. It's like, okay, maybe we can get a serviceable right tackle, uh, you know, th- who's not that expensive if he turns it around. And if he doesn't, you know, well, we just cut him or we keep him on the on the COVID list or the NFI list like the Titans did for, for all of this year. And – the Dolphins are—they're are, in a pretty good position organizationally. Uh, with Brian Flores as a coach, they have a good front office. They, they have a good amount of cap space. I'm pretty sure um, they have a lot of draft picks, even still in the future. So, for them to like take a chance on this, it's not the worst—it's not the worst move, you know. So it might pan out for them. It probably won't. Like 95% sure it won't. But you never know in the NFL. Anything can happen.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I, I don't know. The the issue I have with Miami is like a landing spot is they used a first round and a second round pick last year on offensive tackles. They got Solomon Kinley, who I thought was pretty good in the few games I watched him in. He's their starting right guard. Then they also spent a top 100 pick on Michael. Dieter uh, that was in 2019 now granted I don't I have not watched Dieter like I, I don't know how good he is but I remember him coming out and I thought he was all right like I thought he was worth the top 100 pick so you know you look at those guys and they still have Eric Flowers who I, I never will think is good even though people say he's good now that he's a guard but I, I don't know I mean I think they view him as a backup with upside I've said from the get-go that I don't think he has a a chance to play well at offensive tackle and that his future's at guard but i i did say at the time that you know if you're looking for an upside comparison for him as a guard collection similes is the guy who i would point to who was just this big oversized guy that it's so hard to get around him or get through him on the inside that you know it kind of made sense so i mean maybe they look at him as a long long traject and Flores went to the same high school as Isaiah Wilson. So maybe they taught, I mean, maybe he reached out to his coach and said, look, you know, tell me all about him. And, you know, maybe he called Sam Pittman. Like I say that half jokingly because Sam Pittman just lied to the Titans. We got, but you know, maybe, maybe there weren't as many red flags as people are saying now, even though they didn't say that there were red flags at the time, like maybe, it's just a guy who got money and decided he didn't want to play for the Titans and all that. And I'm not saying that I think he's going to be a good player because I don't. Now, did he make a mistake? I don't know. Like the Dolphins have, you know, a ton of picks this year. They've like y'all said they've got cap space. They don't really need a starting offensive lineman, so there's no pressure to start him. So maybe they view, like I said, maybe they view him as a long-term project. But I, I mean, I guess roll the dice. It, you know, last year we saw the Vikings spend picks on. Like, I think they had 15 picks or something crazy, and they had to cut some of them in camp. So maybe they're like, okay, well, if we're going to have to cut some of our guys anyway because we have so many picks, let's just go ahead and trade one now and see where he's at. And if we cut him, we cut him.
2: It's over, guys. Never have to talk about him again. Matias, you you just sent us a a text last night. You said, uh, (laughs) let me find it. You said, he's such a loser, I don't ever want to hear his name again. Well, you you might get your wish now, at least on this podcast, unless something very significant happens, I don't want to really talk about him on here anymore.
1: Unfortunately, he's coming straight to my city, so I feel like I'm going to hear about him a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah, um... Uh, But the good news is, like I said, he's probably never going to play, so who cares?
2: Yeah, I I tweeted at uh, Zach Zach from the uh, uh, Football and Other F-Words podcast, and I said, uh, you know, because he was making the comment that he and and Mike Herndon and those guys couldn't figure out what they wanted to talk about on this week's episode, and that this gives them something, and I made the comment to him, I was like, "Our, our content king is gone. Like how how many minutes of this podcast have we filled with talking about Isaiah Wilson?
1: It's been a lot. He was legit. He was our cash cow for a really good amount of time, and I'd like to thank him for that because it's not easy to come up with content in some of these you know slumber months. But he really helped us out, so maybe he was worth it after all.
0: Yeah, I mean. I, I guess, you know, if we're trying to find like positives in all this, at least he wasn't bad and boring. Like, I mean, he he was, you know, could never find the field, but we were always talking about him. And because it was only an 11th month experiment, you know, that didn't get old, but it got dangerously close to getting old and. You know, I, I am personally excited to see what happens in Miami because they don't have any connection. Like they spent, to them, he's a seventh round pick. So, like, I, I, I'm interested to see how long they put up him if he gets any special treatment because he was a quote unquote first round pick, or if they just treat him like every other seventh round pick on their roster.
2: Let me say this too, real fast, because I was just scrolling through Twitter and seeing a lot of people say, you know, man, the fact that the Titans were able to get anything out of this guy. They really didn't. They really didn't get anything out of him. It's a swap of picks, and there's a chance that, like, I mean, one year's pick is not as good as the next. Like,
0: they well, didn't get okay. anything well, out of let him. Let me let me ca- let me counter that real quick. Because what if they spend that seventh round pick on a kicker, and he's their kicker next year? You know, okay. like that's well, that's the I'll one tell you I will tell you what
2: will. On on May the third, which is two days after the draft, when we presumably record our draft recap, we we will revisit this point, and we will talk about the player that they drafted with the Isaiah Wilson draft pick. Deal.
0: <laughs> I, I bet you I'm more excited for that guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think we all would be, no matter who he is. For now, though, let's talk about what is more imminent than the draft, and that is free agency which is a week away. The new league year starts on the 17th of the month of March. However, as we all know, the dealing and wheeling will really begin on the 15th, that Monday, when the tampering, I hate the legal tampering. If it's legal, it's not tampering. It is the negotiation period. All right, let's get that straight. It is either the tampering period or the negotiation period. It is not the legal tampi- tampering period, okay? I feel, like, I feel like I've been really negative lately, like really hypercritical. But there's been a lot out there to be hypercritical of.
1: Like I have noticed that, but I, I didn't want to mention. Yeah, it.
2: like I it, feel like it, I feel it, like my Twitter. I feel,
1: we'll it books I feel like it pretty quick.
2: I feel like my Twitter feed has just become like the Simpsons old man yells at cloud gif. But like, I don't know, you know, if the Titans go out and get Vaughn Miller, you know, I'll I'll organize the parade. But like, there's yeah, <laughs> just had been a lot of great news coming out lately.
0: Until he's not good next year, and then you'll be like, you know what? I knew Von Miller. Well, you you won't say that. I, I'll I'll give you that. You won't say I knew Von Miller wasn't going to be good. But you'll say John Robinson tried to fix pass-first last year and look how it turned out. And I'll be like, well, at the time we all really liked that move. <laughs> It'll just be like clowny all over again.
2: Dear goodness. Let's let's talk about the free agents, guys. We we've talked a lot about the needs on this roster. Pass rusher being foremost among them. But with what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, I think we would also so agree that inside linebacker and wide receiver are also big needs for this team. I want to start with receiver and ask this question. Obviously, what the Titans do in free agency at receiver depends a lot on what happens with Corey Davis. I don't know that the draft strategy changes a lot at receiver based on whether Corey Davis is back Because I still think you need to draft one, and perhaps as early as day two, maybe even day one. But if Corey Davis is back or if he's not back, what do the Titans need to look for for a wide receiver in free agency? Because Davis and Brown both have the versatility to play within the slot, so I don't think they need a, you know, per se, Adam Humphreys replacement. I just think they need to go get a, a good receiver, preferably one, preferably one who's explosive and fast. But ta- let's, let's tackle each of those scenarios, guys. If they keep Davis, and if they don't keep Davis, what are they looking for at receiver in free agency?
1: It's tough. It's tough. I, I, if they keep Davis, a player I really would like to see them pick, and uh, and the type of receiver that I would see them like to get is Curtis Samuel, because he can play the slot, but he can also play outside, and that would give you versatility between all your top three receivers. Plus, Samuel is just a really explosive player, and I think this offense... Well, I mean, we've, we've been asking for it for so long. Yeah, I did like the reliability of Adam Humphreys and even Anthony Ferkser, uh when he would play slot receiver, but I just want fast players. I see the best offenses in the league, and I see quick, explosive guys who can do a lot with the ball in their hands, and that's the type of receiver I would want if we keep Davis. If, if Davis, if we don't bring him back, I, I, you, need, you need a legit number two because he, as much as I love A.J. Brown, I don't want him to be the true focal point of a defense where they're committing two or more guys to shutting him down. Uh, and and then you have no one to actually take advantage of that. So they need a player who's as good as Corey Davis or, or somewhat somewhat similar. And I just I, I don't think there are that many guys out there. I mean, you could look at Marvin Jones maybe, but he's already 31, I think going on 32. Um, And then you have the big guys like Godwin who's probably going to get franchise tagged, uh, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller. Those guys are just going to cost too much money. So they're kind of a precarious situation if Corey Davis isn't brought back and uh, I think Paul Kuharski tweeted today that he doesn't think Corey Davis is going to get re-signed so this is going to be an interesting an interesting case study in how John Robinson attacks first and foremost free agency but but also the draft.
0: Yeah so if they if they re-sign Corey Davis you just need to find backups uh, now who that is I, I you know at people like Aguilar fine you know Sammy Watkins is kind of a big guy if you're looking for somebody who's like okay you know they've made money but they're not going to get a starting job anywhere else like where I I don't really know what the plan necessarily needs to be there but if they don't keep Corey Davis there is no option They they just don't have because if you don't keep Corey Davis, you're not going to get a number one receiver in free agency. Number one, because you're not going to pay for it. Number two, because nobody's want to go, going to want to go and see their volume decrease. And they're already going to have to do that if they come to the Titans scheme. So go and take yourself out of the first tier of free agents. Juju Smith-Schuster, like, I mean, He's younger than Corey Davis, but I would argue that he's trending downwards and looks like more of a product of when Big Ben was throwing.
1: He's balls. only a slot guy, man. He can win one on one with yeah, like, legitimately good cornerbacks. He was exposed this year, like that's yeah, that's like, just what happened. And it, it, it's
0: just like I, you look at you know you look at the free agents and it's like who's the guy? Like who's going to come in and be? the boundary receiver well, that you like, like it let's exist. start
2: let's start naming names uh, let's just go down the list quick yes or no a.j green i say no is too old no agreed
1: no no yeah
2: alan robinson too expensive not what they need correct here's an intriguing one i would info. take <laughs> oh you would see my thing is i feel like I feel like you wouldn't get used. Like, just get Corey Davis.
1: I mean, it depends. It, uh, yeah, yeah. But how much are you paying? Like, well, if you're paying Allen Robinson, like I mean, one million more, I'm taking Allen Robinson.
2: Here are two I'm, guys. Here. I, 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 okay, we're kind of being cl- I'll, we're I'll, being clunky
1: right going. now. Yeah. I'm trying
2: to talk yeah. over everybody. Will you go yeah. ahead?
0: So with uh, just what we're talking about Allen Robinson, like again, he's not as productive like per target as Corey Davis, which is really the only stat that matters in this offense because you can't go by total yardage. So if you're just looking at a guy who, okay, is it worth it to throw this guy the ball at the same rate as you're throwing Corey Davis for $2 million a year more or whatever it is? I mean, He's gonna. He's what two years older than Corey Davis. He's had a major knee injury. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Like just because you're the only target in the Chicago Bears offense for a while, and you make some cool catches, like I, I, he's just not gonna do that. Like it, that's just not. That wouldn't be his role in Tennessee. Like this is part of. And I'll let you go on, Luke, and we can talk about everybody individually. But this is my thing: is everybody says it's so easy to replace. What Corey Davis does and then they list all these guys who aren't going to come to Tennessee to get paid less than Corey Davis to catch fewer passes than they were already catching like I I just don't get why they would come
1: okay that's fair it's fair I just I I don't know but like I have a very negative feeling about the direction of the team, and I think the defense is going to absolutely suck, and I think this offense is going to have to throw more over the next few seasons than, than it probably has in the past. But, I mean, that's a pure projection, like, from my standpoint. So, I, I mean, I totally see what you're saying.
2: I, I want your thoughts on this free agent, because when I look at this, I think, hmm, interesting. I don't think Will's going to like this. I think Matias may be up for it. T.Y. Hilton.
1: That's a no for me. I don't think he's going (laughs) to be that expensive.
0: Yeah, because he's 32 and always hurt. He
1: has not been productive for like four years.
0: Since Andrew Luck was there. Like, he has not been a very good receiver since Andrew Luck was in his prime, which was, what, like four years ago, three years ago? I, I mean... I don't mind him as like a third guy, but he's he's Andre Johnson when he came to the Titans. He's not Nate Washington.
2: You know that's kind of who they need is Nate Washington.
0: Yeah, they got a bigger version who can you know block oh. and do all that already on the team. But okay. That, that, that <laughs> you, well, you missed the point, Will. Oh. Sorry, I just I'm so <laughs> furious about letting Corey Davis go. I just
2: um, I'm looking down the list, I'm kinda of running out of uh, John Ross.
0: Excuse yeah, sure. me. <laughs> yeah, she sure, sure. <laughs> that.
1: For the minimum? For the minimum.
0: For a seventh round
1: pick.
2: <laughs> oh the way you delivered I mean, the Excuse me?
1: If we're gonna, if we're gonna like really scrape the bottom of the barrel—well, not bottom of the barrel—but I guess not just not spend that much money on a guy who maybe could start in a pinch. Like, like I'll take Keelan Cole. He has shown he to be pretty effective when he's gotten chances. He could play outside. He could also play inside. Uh, He's made a lot of really spectacular catches, and he can also win deep from at times. So. He'd be a guy to be interested in. I think Aguilar is also like an interesting guy because he was finally used in Oakland this past year in Philadelphia. They tried to turn him into a slot receiver and he just dropped everything because that's just not who he was. But Oakland finally used him deep down the field as more of a burner and a guy who can win vertically. And he responded. He had his best season, and he looked really good doing it. He essentially—I mean—he outplayed Henry Ruggs, who was the 15th overall pick, and he was the reason that Ruggs didn't even get a chance to to do much of anything. So, he's a guy I would take a chance on if if Corey Davis doesn't come back.
2: Now we're neglecting there, the fact that there is a future first ballot Hall of Famer on this list of free agents, and that that being Antonio Brown.
1: Hate him. I'm sorry, I hate him as a person. Oh, I, I, I don't know. Know I, I'm, yeah, sure.
2: a, I'm entirely joking.
0: A couple more guys. It would be it would be wild though if like you get rid of Isaiah Wilson and bring <laughs> in Antonio Brown. Brown. It's yeah. like, oh man,
1: uh, it's one of them is talented. Still, I don't know, man. <laughs>
2: so <laughs> I'm mostly thinking of this in terms of guys who could give them a bit of a spark. Uh, Will Fuller probably doesn't make sense because of his injury history, and I believe he is suspended currently still. But what about Curtis Samuel?
1: Yeah, for sure. I I mentioned him earlier as a guy that I think fits very well, whether you have Corey Davis or not, because he could play in the slot and he can also play outside. And... I mean, even last year when McCaffrey was hurt, they used him out of the backfield, which is something he did at Ohio State, and he was incredibly efficient. Like, he was ripping off chunk gains. He's a gadget guy, but he can also win, like, one-on-one against pretty good cornerbacks. So he's, he's someone I would definitely like to see them at least take a gander at. at it. And I think he would fit whether Corey Davis is on the team or not.
0: Yeah, that I definitely agree with. Just in terms of is he a good player and should they go after him? Like I think he would add a dimension to this offense that they don't currently have just as somebody who you're like okay, this is our Percy Harbin or our, you know, a Tavon Austin if we're going to use people who aren't necessarily a great example of success but they're gadget guys who do what you want them to do. Like just jet sweep, get them on the move, like something to take their eyes off of Derrick Henry. Like I think Curtis Samuel is probably the ideal player to join this group as the third receiver. But again, you you're, you're going to have to pay him a bunch of money. Like they, we're not talking about guys that are cheap. So even That's as my a thing. supplement. He's yeah, making
1: like, he's going to make double digits, isn't he?
0: Yeah, like SpotRack has Corey Davis projected at like nine point five million dollars and they have Curtis Samuel at twelve point four. So if you if you say like, well there's an inflation and we think that Corey Davis is gonna make twelve point five and just because you're gonna have to overpay in this market, then that same logic says you're probably gonna have to pay fourteen or fifteen million for Curtis Samuel. Like he's twenty four and dynamic with the ball in his hands and can be a returner too. Like that's that that's going to be really hard to, you know, get cheap, especially if guys like Galladay and Allen Robinson get franchise tagged. So, I I again I completely agree with the idea that he's a good fit, and if they can keep Corey Davis and add him, great. But paying him after more than Corey Davis to play outside and be like your wide receiver too, I, I, that that's that's a big leap for me.
1: I, I did not know his value was that high. I thought he would make more less than Corey Davis. I, I, I saw him as kind of a, a tier below. Um, but that's interesting from spot rack. I, I, I didn't see him in that light. That's that's too much for me. I mean, yeah, as much seen, as I would like out. to have him,
0: but you know, like if you're the Colts who have a ton of money or the jets who need playmakers like you can see how he could create his own market just on teams who are like okay we need somebody who isn't the one playmaker we currently have but yeah like i I don't think he's going to be a fit for everybody just because he's going to get priced out by those other teams
2: there any other receivers uh you guys think of or want to mention
1: It's bad it's it's not not it's not a great after like the the first couple of levels.
2: I mean the silver lining no. to this is, as we said last week, it's a great year to need a pass rusher in free agency, but not really so much in terms of receivers,
0: yeah, I mean, there's guys like that if if we're talking about it gets to the end of March and early April and the Titans have some money and they're trying to fill out depth. Like, I mean, you got Josh Reynolds, Kendrick Bourne, David Moore, like guys who are kind of height, weight, speed guys, uh, or who have done some stuff in the past that make you think they're worth rotating into the lineup because the Titans rotate their wide receivers so heavily sometimes. But yeah, I mean, the, it's not like this is a group with five free agent wide receivers that are going to be better than Corey Davis, that they're going to be able to sneak onto their roster. Like, it's just its just not going to be that kind of class.
2: Let's move on then to the better class, pass rushers. If the Titans can get Vaughn Miller. You know, I hear people talking about the character problems. First of all, he's not charged with any criminal activity. The girlfriend came out after those leaked texts and said that uh, they were taken out of context. Was she coerced into doing that? I don't know. Let me say this. You all know that I am big on locker room chemistry. And that chemistry matters. And that the character of a team matters. So let me say this about Vaughn Miller. Von Miller's character. Because there's a, there's a difference between wanting a good locker room culture and and a locker room full of choir boys, there's a difference. Von Miller's not a choir boy, but he also is not a distraction. He is also not poisonous or cancerous. You know, even if he did the things that he was accused of, but then, like, not charged with, terrible things. But at the end of the day, and I'm sort of very, in life, pragmatic, and I, and I made the joke, and it went on Twitter a few weeks ago, you know, sacks are more important than morals. If he's not going to be a distraction of the locker room, then I don't really care so much what he chooses to do in his private life. Uh, and, and I'll add this, too. Vaughn Miller has always been a team captain in Denver, very well-respected, Super Bowl MVP. So... Am I off base here to say about the character stuff I don't really care?
1: I I don't know. (laughs) I mean I always try to, you know, sit on the fence in in terms of these situations. So I don't I like I, I don't know the the details. I don't know if he he got he got not acquitted but like the charges were dropped right
2: Yeah he was never even I don't think he was ever charged
1: I like, don't there know these things are always so
0: Yeah that's what it was there's was an investigation that was either inconclusive or that there there were no charges pressed
1: it, It's weird because there there's so much precedent for athletes being like not great role models, not great people, because it's it's happened uh, a good amount with with players in the past. But I'm also aware that a lot of times these situations either get blown out of proportion or, or you know, they're good. made up. I don't know. I, I simply don't know if if everything checks out. Like, he's not—I I don't think he's Isaiah Wilson. Like, he's, he's not that type—he wouldn't be that type of— uh, 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 uh of pr you know conundrum because he hasn't been in the past like this this seems to be an isolated incident uh and if it is like yeah i want him on team but is he under is he under contract with the broncos
0: yeah it's a team option or a player option i think it's a team option uh but it's a big cap hit and I think Benjamin Albright's been saying that for for a while now that based on how this all goes, they want to do a new contract with Vaughn if everything got resolved. Like if it turns out that there was no wrong, wrongdoing or whatever that he that they still were interested in keeping him. So whether he says, I don't want to pay for anything less than what my contract says. Whether they say you know not pay, like if something happens. They could, you know, exercise their option and trade him, or they could let him go or whatever. But a- as of right now, he is still technically under contract with them. So, I-, I mean, there was a rumor, like especially when all this stuff was going on, that like maybe he was going to be cut or whatever. If he's cut, like I, I like I told y'all, I had that spreadsheet where I break down like how well the players have played over the last two years that are free agents, and Von Miller over the last two years is top five in sacks top 10 and tackles for loss and top 10 and quarterback hits. So age isn't an issue. Like he's still, he's still very productive, especially relative to his peers and he's consistent. So, you know, if the Titans could get him great, like he, he would be worth it. Like he has almost three times as many sacks in the last two years as JJ Watt. He has, uh, I think like 150% as many tackles for loss and, Uh, like 125 percent tackle. Like the point is, like he's better across the board by a wide margin than what JJ Watt was. Except JJ Watt plays more inside, and Von Miller is clearly an outside guy. But the there's no reason to like JJ Watt and not like Von Miller just in terms of a veteran upgrade. And it it sucks all this happened because I've liked Von Miller forever because. I didn't I didn't think he was the elite prospect that everybody says when he was coming out. And he absolutely was. I, I was more of a Marcel Darius fan, and that's just, you know, a decade a decade ago. You know, you see what you you see now what I missed, but I, I've always enjoyed watching him play and was quick to admit how wrong I was. So I, I would like to see him on the Titans roster, but I I think it's gonna be too hard to get to him now just because I think they'll figure out a deal. But, the, like I said, if he's available, the Titans should jump on him.
1: So, you're not worried about his age at all? Like, he's about to be 32.
0: Yeah, but how old was DeMarcus Ware? Like, I mean, there's there's some yeah. guys that just... Like, how old was Cameron Wake? Uh, there's, Cameron there's Wake plenty wasn't of any guys. good, though. Uh, I mean, he was when he was 36 and not 37.
2: Oh, okay. So I
0: thought you were <laughs> like, I thought you were making a comparison to last year. No, My bad. no. I mean, no, no. And, and I would still argue that Cameron Wake, when his hamstring wasn't 37, was fine. But, like, just in terms of, you know, at that age, there are guys who still produce. Like, James Harrison yeah. was old, and he was still getting, like, nine sacks a year. Like, I mean, like I said, I just told y'all that, I mean, even if – Even if you're worried about his age on a long-term contract, the next two years, he shouldn't see a huge decline. It's not like he's uh, injury-prone or anything like that. I mean, he had an injury this year, but I I don't know. Like, he's still a very good player. He's still somebody that teams should be highly interested in, like if he hits free agency. I don't know. Like, to me, there's no reason why if you need an edge and you've got any money to spend that you wouldn't invest in him. And then if he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out, but it's not like this is a guy who is always tearing ACLs or is all, you know, but then again, I'm also biased. I really like Vaughn Miller. So maybe I'm seeing him through rose colored glasses and I just am not seeing the true guy. Let me ask this
2: aside from Vaughn Miller, keeping money in mind, pick two.
1: Two edges, yeah. With money in mind. What about this? Um, so
2: let me say. Let me give mine. I'm gonna go beyond edge. I would go Leonard Williams, Ryan Kerrigan.
0: Okay. So, how much are we talking about? Like, yeah, I, I, I did this article. Like, I wrote this article. Yesterday, two days ago, something like that, where I talk about. Man, I'm not going to give Titans you a
2: budget. You know what the Titans cap situation is.
0: Yeah, so the theoretical money I was working with is you can spend 20 million dollars on one edge, or you can spend 21 on two of them combined, and, and I use uh, SpotRacks numbers, and so it's basically either the blue chip guys that are 15 million plus are Yannick Ngakwe, Matt Judon, Bud Dupree and Shaq Barrett, which the only one of those guys I would pay that kind of money is Yannick Ngakwe because I mean, he's still super young and he was prolific as a pass rusher in Jacksonville. He just got into a fight with management, skipped camp and was kind of out of shape, but still produced. I think he still had eight sacks this year, even though like I can barely remember him playing. Uh, and then you have this kind of second tier. I think the the people I would bring in are Leonard Williams because I think he's a stud. Like I think I think he's a perfect fit for what this team wants to do. And then I I don't know that Carl Lawson's going to make the money that everybody thinks he is. Like I
1: don't he think might, so either.
0: Yeah, if he gets tagged, great. Like good for him. He's going to make a big chunk of money. But this is a year when money's tight and people aren't going to want to take expensive projects on. And he's not a guy that's a proven pass rusher. He's not a guy – he hits the quarterback a lot. But that that's always been something we've complained about is the Titans have plenty of guys who can hit the quarterback. They show them guys who can sack the quarterback before the ball gets off. And that's been the biggest difference. So I think if I'm – rolling the dice, I'm going to go ahead and bring in Williams because I think he's a perfect fit. And I roll the dice on Lawson who I'm okay with hoping that he and Landry can bend the edge quick enough with Simmons and Williams in the middle that it it won't, you know, those hits will convert to sacks. But I, I think that's a safer bet than spending a lot of money on any of these other guys.
1: Yeah, I I was going to say Carl Lawson, and I think Ty Bowser could be someone who's cheap, and probably, I feel like his best ball is still ahead of him, and and he's also versatile. He can also play off-ball if you need him to, so I think he's a guy that the Titans coaching staff could like. So, Bowser and Lawson, probably, and someone who's, I think he's going to be pretty cheap because he's dealt with injuries, um, but he's not that old. I, I know I just said, like, we just had the Von Miller, 32 years old, discussion, but Melvin Ingram is about to be 32. Uh, he had seven sacks two years ago. Last year, he dealt with a bunch of injuries, but I've always loved him. He has always been one of my favorite uh, pass rushers, and I think if, if he's healthy and you could get him for a relatively friendly deal, which I think you can because of his because of his injury history as of late and his age, uh, I think he's someone you should definitely. Definitely take a chance on.
0: And Luke, I should say, I think the most likely guy out of all these guys to get signed by the Titans is Kerrigan. Like, that, Buck, were, I mean,
2: Buck, Buck has reported that 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 yeah. His, I mean, I don't know that it's been a report, but he has said repeatedly. Uh, I think he tweeted something like, "I feel like Kerrigan's the most likely and someone like is is that you know and is that you using logic or are you using inside information?" And he said both or something along those lines. So.
0: I want to say that Rappaport tweeted that the Titans were interested in making a trade at the trade deadline, but Washington just wasn't listening to anybody.
2: I feel like I remember Um,
0: that. Yeah, so, like, I, I don't know. Like, is it a perfect fit? Probably not, because the Titans really need him to be, like, a third guy who comes off the bench, but... I mean, I've always liked Ker- talking about Ingram. I've always liked Kerrigan like that too. And I've always been a big advocate for him. And you know, the Titans were interested and you know, maybe if Clowney can rotate with Kerrigan, I'm talking about last year, not going forward, but if we're talking about a trade that gets done at the trade deadline, maybe if Clowney can rotate with Kerrigan and Landry's on the side, maybe the pass rush is a little bit better and it's not a complete train wreck like we saw, but I don't think you can go into the season thinking he's going to be an every down kind of guy. And that's what I'm afraid they're going to get themselves into.
1: What I like about bringing in Kerrigan is, well, first of all, it's like the most underrated pass rusher in NFL history. It's crazy. He has been that consistent for that long and he's been just a pleasure to watch, but you also kind of get him with relatively fresh legs because he played his lowest percentage amount of snaps. Last year, he still provided five and a half sacks in in 16 games. So he's still good. Like, he can still play. And he's also coming off a season in which he only played, uh, I think, yeah, 38% of snaps. So you're probably getting, like, good value on him. uh, And he's probably going to be able to go for at least a couple more seasons.
2: So we've talked about the pass rushers, we've talked about the receivers. Uh, would you go anywhere else in free agency? Kyle Van Noy has been thrown around as an option for the Titans. I wouldn't necessarily mind that. I think they could use some brains at inside linebacker and someone who's not going to look lost most of the time.
1: I'd be cool with that. I, I like Van Noy, and we know how bad the Titans linebackers were um last season i also like matt milano who's a free agent uh he was a linebacker for the for the buffalo bills obviously we've talked about levante david he's probably gonna be too expensive but that would be awesome to have that type of linebacker on the team because he just does so much for your defense uh in terms of other positions i don't really know like we we talked about it i think it was last week on the pod like the secondary's fine we don't need anyone there the biggest Positions are wide receiver, edge, uh, maybe inside linebacker, and, and maybe you know the defensive line. So I'm interested to see what they do. I, they have a lot of they have a lot of options to to plug in some holes through free agency, which is usually what John Robinson has done uh, throughout his tenure. And I want to see how he attacks it because then we're going to get a pretty clear picture of how he views the draft and, and how he's going to you know, fill those remaining holes.
0: Yeah, linebacker and defensive tackle, I think, are probably the two safest bets, uh, just in terms of, like, somebody getting added for depth. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm looking, and I'm looking at K.J. Wright, and I don't know that that would be the wrong move. Like, if you can get K.J. Wright to come in and be kind of the veteran leader on your defense as a rotation, like... Basically, Wesley, like a proto Wesley Woodyard. Like, I I would I would be interested in that. Like, depending on how much he costs and what he wants to do at this point in his career, but I I wouldn't mind that move.
1: I love KJ Wright, and I think he kind of gets the short end of the stick in terms of praise because Bobby Wagner's right next to him, and Bobby Wagner is just you know unbelievable. But KJ Wright has been a huge part of the Seahawks defense for I don't know. It's been like seven, eight years already or something. So I would love to see that. Especially if uh, if the Titans let Jay on Brown walk.
0: And he's I mean, I I don't I don't know that he's necessarily like a perfect fit for this defense or anything. I'm not I'm not trying to say that, but he's played every game over the last two years. He had i l I'm looking at stats now, he had eleven tackles for a loss last year and two sacks. Like he's thirty one years old, but he's like six four, still really doing stuff constantly contributing it's not like he's getting a ton of help from the defensive line in front of him or a great like secondary group to help him make plays he's kind of just making that happen so i don't i don't know like he's one of the older guys who i don't think is going to go in this first wave and i I think all bets are off in the second wave like i think it's going to be a crazy like march 20th to April 10th. Like, I think that stretch of time is just going to be a crazy free for all with people that have a bunch of money left over, or this second wave of free agents that comes when people get cut to make room for other guys, or whatever's happening. So, I'm not sure when he goes, but he seems like one of those guys who is a big story for two hours because he goes somewhere and then somebody else signs a big deal. But then in September, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. K.J. Wright has been awesome for two years, and it turns out he was a really big addition.
1: Also, I have a weird feeling that the Titans really like Dalvin Tomlinson. I don't know why. It's pure speculation from my brain. But he's okay. But the problem is he's like pretty much purely a run-stuffing guy. And I feel like Vrabel just kind of likes those guys and he's going to see something in him. I wouldn't hate it, but I wouldn't love it at the same time.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he is very much a Vrabel and even a Robinson guy. It's like from Alabama, has one job, he does it consistently, not a flashy guy. He's almost like a Roger Saffold of defense where it's like, I know exactly where that guy fits. I know exactly what he's going to do. He's been consistent since he was in college. Like, that's the guy I want on my team. The only difference is is he plays nose tackle instead of guard, and he's, you know, three years younger or whatever. But it, it's weird that you say that because as soon as I saw his name and I started looking at him, I was like, oh, yeah, like that is kind of exactly the guy that they tend to skew towards.
1: Luke died? <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Uh, I was uh, muted. Please. I was muted. I hate, <laughs> the, I hate this stuff. The, you know, when uh, you know, I I told you guys I'm getting my first dose of the COVID shot on Wednesday, and, you know, the numbers are looking good, and it's looking like, you know, around summertime, we might be able to get back to normal. I'm so tired of, oh, you're muted. I, I'm mute I'm ready to go back to in-person meetings. And granted, we do this; po- we've always done this podcast remotely. But goodness gracious, <laughs> I'm so tired of Zoom and all of that.
0: Matias flies in every week, and we sit down for this podcast and send him back. Yeah. It's been tough <laughs> un- during COVID for him to make the trips. But <laughs> now,
2: now we're we're <laughs> very deep.
1: Busing with the boys, guys, do is that what like Will Compton used to do when he was with I think it was the Saints or or whatever. Did, would he fly down yeah. every day? Nah,
2: well, every day? Well, well, Will lives in Nashville. Will has a house. Um,
0: they don't do
1: it during the season. I know, no, but I mean when he was when he was off the Titans. I well, think that he's was – he
2: only but, with Oakland for like two
1: Oakland.
0: months. Yeah, and they didn't actually do the podcast uh, during that stretch. Like they – because they weren't doing it during the regular season at that point. But because LaWan got hurt this year – LaJuan basically led, from what I remember, LaJuan basically led the podcast until Will Compton got done playing, uh, doing interviews and stuff, which was a weird kind of turnaround from the year before when Compton did it until he got signed with the Raiders. So long story short, yeah, you're going to have to fly out.
2: We we here at the No Nonsense Podcast are deep in credit card debt from flying Matias out here every week. But we know that one of these days it, it's we're going to turn the corner with all of this.
1: That's definitely uh, worth it. Yeah, for yeah.
2: sure. <laughs> With that being said, uh, it is time for stop the nonsense. Who would like to start? Well, I'll say this before we get started too. I, I tried saying this when I was muted a second ago. The next, we probably won't have our typical Wednesday upload next week because we'll need a day or so to kind of process all the the free agency stuff. Uh, but we will obviously have an episode next week and it's crazy that our next episode is going to be like, we're going to know who they signed.
1: I can't believe it's already free agency. I feel like the season just ended. What did? It ended a month ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it just ended because it did. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it is, it is crazy. And like, this is probably the last, maybe not the last podcast you'll hear from anybody, but it's getting pretty close to the last time, people will be talking without rumors going around about people signing because like we said earlier the tampering period the quote-unquote legal tampering period is still not achieving what they wanted to achieve which was people talking before they were supposed to like teams are already talking like teams already have a pretty idea good idea of who they're going to sign and who they're going to go after so it's just a matter of time before we start hearing those names except for the titans who are going to be unbearably boring and vanilla and not let anything get out. And that's going to be super aggravating. And then we'll all just have to see what happens on, uh, signing day, I guess is what we'll call it. But since, since I brought that up, I'll go ahead and I'll do stuff. I'll start my stop the nonsense. So a report came out today, uh, that Albert Breer did. It's the Monday morning quarterback stuff. And he basically had this long list of players that are it, basically trade bait. And it's guys like, you know, uh, Preston Smith, Kevin Zeitler, Andrew Norwell, like all these big names that were guys who everybody was just, you know, A plus for this guy. This guy's going to make such a difference to the Jaguars or, you know, this guy's going to make the Giants offensive line much better. Like all these things that you hear whenever a guard or somebody like that gets signed. And my stop the nonsense is, a week from now, everybody is going to be losing their mind because some team pays top dollar, probably the Colts, uh, to an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman who they've never watched before, and who they only hear from the agents that that you know their client is the best at what he does, and oh, the Colts just got to steal, and they, they're going to win the AFC South. Remember, free agency is very important, and you can build a championship team through the draft and through free agency if you do it correctly but most of these big you know blue chip deals that get done next monday next sunday whatever it's going to be they're going to be failures so while i'm very upset and this is almost to stop the nonsense for me while i'm very upset that we're not going to hear smoke come out of the titans camp i would say For the last five off-seasons, the Titans have had a really good plan on how to attack free agency, and it's been to use their money on more middle-tier guys. So as frustrating as it's going to be in, in, I guess, a few days at this point, just take a deep breath and remember that none of this really matters all that much, but I'm still going to get furious about it.
1: You can go ahead, Matthias. I. Yeah, I'll go next. I have another, another edition of an NFL media guy. Pretty Is much just carrying water for. No, no. I thought no. for sure what, it was going to be Bucky. What happened with Bucky? Did something else happen? Oh, was I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's, <laughs>
0: he's always writing something.
1: No, <laughs> no. no. Um, although the Zach Wilson water carrying right now but, uh, between media m- members is, is, is insane. But that's not what this is about. This is a uh, Dove climbing. Dove I don't know how to say his name. Dove Kleiman. So he's reporting on the Russell Wilson Pete Carroll rift. And I'll, I'll just read you what he says. The rift between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks is happening because Wilson believes he's a top five quarterback all time ta- all time. And he also believes that he isn't currently even viewed as a top 10 quarterback all-time. He thinks Seattle is holding him back with certain decisions, personnel scheme. So there's no possible way that Russell Wilson <laughs> actually thinks he's a top four, five quarterback all-time. I don't care how confident he might seem uh, in that Mr. Unlimited video. There is no possible way he thinks that. then He has actually told anyone that. So that's definitely just Pete Carroll or, and his agent telling this guy, hey, can you, can you just tweet this out and see what kind of reaction it gets? Uh, but it gets worse. It gets worse because he follows this, that tweet up with the issue between the two sides is because now after Carroll gave him full reign of the offense in 2020, which, by the way, got off to a historic pace but fell apart because they reigned in the offense towards the second half. Anyway, Russell couldn't maintain a high level of success for even one full season. Parentheses, the second half of 2020 was a turnover-filled mess. That just sounds like absolute agent speak. So they no, no longer trust him to be the focal point. Then he quote tweets his original tweet and says, Former key starter for the Seahawks. Of course, why would you ever name, you know? You can't ever name the source. Who played with Russell Wilson for almost a decade told me this about the situation. I just hear people calling for Pete's Headway too often, and they need to be careful what they wish for. Russ is 1-3 in three in the playoffs without an all-time defense and an elite run game. He wanted it on his shoulders, and this has been the result. But the blame will go to anyone but him. I mean, come on, man. Come on. I don't believe any of this stuff. And I never will. And it really bothers me when media people do this. They don't disclose their sources. I understand they're your source. You're not supposed to. But if you're going to make outlandish statements and, you know, Kind of contribute to the rift. I don't know, man. Like, do it in a more civilized manner. Mine is pretty quick and easy. A leak came out
2: today. Today being Monday, that the Cincinnati Bengals new uniform. There's like a picture put out. These things look absurd. Like, there. I thought they were the Bears before I read the team name. They're like navy and orange. They look very weird. I don't like the colors. I mean, Matias, you made the point. You kind of have to see them on the players first. Maybe. I don't know. To me, they look strange. <laughs> I don't know why the Bengals need uniforms. Like, They have pretty good ones. I, I I we got to wait.
1: wait. We got to wait. I generally have don't you like see some s- of the mock-ups at least. Well, the mock-ups look okay. They look fine. I yeah, but every
0: mock-up is always better than what the NFL yeah. ends up doing, I, and I don't understand why. You're I, right?
2: I generally don't like change. Like, I was glad when the Buccaneers went back to their old uniforms. When the Browns went back to their old uniforms, I like the Titans' old uniforms better than these new ones that look sort of like the Arena Football League. Um, I I don't know.
0: That's Strong disagree.
2: I'm a Wait. traditionalist. Whoa.
0: Yeah, like, this we've is had bad, this
2: conversation but, Yeah, before. we've
0: talked about this. This is like one of the egregious, like Luke didn't, has never eaten a waffle, <laughs> and like, he thinks that these uniforms are worse, and the helmets are so much, so, cl- oh, that's something I should bring up. Uh, I don't know anything about what uniform looks good. Like, some people are like, whoa, that's such a good looking uniform, and they all kind of look the same to me, but the helmets are crucial, so... I, I, I don't know like I, that needs to be said before I go into anything
1: else I don't even like the Titans' unif- current uniforms all that much but they're way better than than the old ones in my personal opinion
0: i i, I don't know i I like d- just as a color scheme I like dark blue yeah. and wear that a lot more like I, and I, I don't I don't like the I don't. It's weird. I don't really like the blue they used to have. I don't know if it's still the same blue, and it's just the helmet that makes it look different, or the fact that we're winning football games that makes it look different. But I don't know. Like, I, I like the uniforms much more now.
1: Yeah, they, they've really grown on me. The, especially the white ones are so nice. The like the stormtrooper look, but the navy one is fire, fire. It, like the navy jersey and obviously a navy helmet with white pants is just is unbelievable. Just amazing, amazing color scheme. Uh,
2: before we go, I feel it should be noted that the three of us are available for radio hits in Miami if you want us to come on and talk about Isaiah Wilson and and correct you and because if you think that he just needs to be coached harder or some nonsense like that, we'll be happy to come on and set the record straight and, and tell you to stop the nonsense as we do on this podcast. So you can uh, – you can get in touch with us by DMing the podcast account. We are we are here for you to set the record straight and tell the truth, guys. Next time, like I said, we're gonna know who the Titans signed, uh, Matthias, because Will is the most emotional of the three of us. What what what's his mood gonna be a week from now? I guess a week from Wednesday.
1: Probably. I don't know. No, he's kind of even-keeled when it comes to free agency, I feel. I don't think he overreacts all that much.
0: But that's he'll right. find
1: a way to praise John Robinson, whatever happens, that's for that's sure. That's
0: also right, for <laughs> sure. We could bring back Vic Beasley and Javion Clanny, and I would talk myself into it again. I, I just have that much respect.
2: And on that note, until next time, I'm Luke reminding you and everyone else in the sports world to stop the nonsense.